It was not a typical night in the usually quiet town of Bethlehem. Thanks to the Roman census, most homes were filled with out-of-town guests, family members from far and wide. The inn was completely filled and was overflowing. Rumors spread that a young couple expecting their first child were staying in the cave behind the inn because there had been no room for them. This night was anything but normal in Bethlehem. Outside of town, in the fields, was where one could find normalcy. The sheep were settling down for the night, as they did every night, every night, every week, every month, every year. The shepherds were sitting around the campfire, attempting to stay warm, telling stories, singing songs, admiring the stars, just as they did every night. Everything was normal in the fields outside of Bethlehem. Normal, that is, until an angel of God appeared to the shepherds. This was anything but normal. This had never happened to them before. And not just an angel appearing, so did the glory of the Lord, and it shone all around them. It was terrifying. They had no idea what was about to happen. But the angel not only appeared, the angel spoke to them clearly, concisely. He told them, don't be afraid. (laughs) Right, don't be afraid. He went on to tell them that God had good news that will bring great joy to the people. He went on to tell them that the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, had been born in Bethlehem and they would find him lying in a manger of all places, a feeding trough for young animals. And then the sky filled with many angels and they sang, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's these words of the angels' song that night that I want to consider with you for a few moments. As we dive into the text, will you join me in prayer? Father, you sent the angels to the shepherds to announce your favor and your peace. May the words you have given me help that message to come to each of us this Christmas Eve as well. In the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God. Glory to God is veneration toward God. Glory to God is thanking God. Glory to God is praising God. It is hallelujah on the lips of the people who do it. Glory to God is worshiping God with your entire being. You can't contain yourself. It's got to come out. There's movement, there's motion, there's volume, there's inflection, there's excitement. Glory to God. Glory is giving attention to and putting the spotlight on the work and the doings and the person, the character of God. Glory is all that, and it's beyond that. And the angels began by giving glory to God. Glory to God in the highest heaven. That phrase, 
the highest heaven. What's that all about? It's found 13 times in the Bible, highest heaven, mostly in the Old Testament. What does it mean? Does it, does it mean that there's a low heaven by the skin of your teeth get into heaven? Is it there's a middle heaven? How many heavens are there anyway? Interesting questions. No answers. It doesn't say. In the first century world of the Middle East, we find that most religions were based not on the abundance of God, but on no... I can't read this because I highlighted it too dark. (laughs) They didn't believe in the abundance of God. They believed in the abundance of gods. It was polytheistic everywhere, multiple gods, gods for everything, gods for every place, gods for every emotion, gods for everything. That's what it was like. So when the angels sing highest heaven, they're pointing to the God who's above all gods, real or imagined gods, didn't matter. The one God who is over all. Instead of putting down other people's faith or beliefs, about God or about God's highest heaven elevates the Hebrew God who's above all gods, both the real or the imagined ones. The God who created all, that God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God. The God who delivered from slavery in Egypt the Hebrew people as they were led by Moses, that God. The God who from the very beginning promised a Messiah, that God. The God above all is given glory by the angels. And the angels sang on. And on earth, peace. Peace. Here, where humanity lives, on the earth, they sang for peace. The Hebrew word for peace, you know it, shalom. The word shalom is found 249 times in the Old Testament scriptures. So it is significant by sheer repetition, if nothing else. It's used often. Shalom, it's a common greeting in Israel and in every Jewish community around the world. As you enter into worship, you're greeted by shalom. And this peace is far more than the absence of conflict. This peace means well-being with God. This peace means well-being with people. This peace is prosperity of goodwill and health and wholeness of life. That's what shalom means. In Israel on Friday, late in the day, and all day Saturday, both then and now, today, you'll be greeted with the words Shabbat shalom, Sabbath peace, ultimate peace with the God of all creation, Sabbath peace. Sabbath well-being in all ways. At the time of Jesus' birth, it's very interesting, Rome was promoting what it called Pax Romana. Those of you who were forced to take Latin when you were in school, as I was, I think they still do it in a few places. Remember the history lessons about Pax Romana. Peace from war on land and sea. But as the first century writer Epictetus wrote, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. 
He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace, end of quote. But on this night, on this night, in the fields of Bethlehem, the good news the shepherds heard was that the one born on this night, the Messiah, would bring that kind of inner peace. He was prophesied by Isaiah that, among other things, this promised one would be the prince of peace, the prince of shalom. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, surely, favor was resting on Mary and Joseph that night as their son Jesus, the Lord, was born. Not in the most ideal of places, but it was quietly private. Noisy because of maybe a few animals. But other than that, it was a private space. They weren't in the crowded rooms where the walls were paper thin and everybody could hear what was going on. They were out back in a cave. Favor was also resting on the shepherds who saw and heard the angels and then hurried to Bethlehem to see this child of God they'd been told about. And while the Hebrew people had often experienced many difficulties over the centuries because of their disobedience, God had continually shown favor on them with his mercy, his forgiveness, his protection, and his love. Is that who this is talking about? Are those the people who are favored? When God called the first man to be a Jew, the man Abram, later called Abraham, he said to him these words, and I quote from Genesis 12, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Everything in that call of Abram had been seen and experienced except the last line. They had become a siloed nation. They had become a nation unto themselves, They focused on themselves. They excluded the outsiders. Of course, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? Anywhere. (laughs) It was a normal human thing that was going on. At the coming of Jesus, God's only begotten son, born this night in Bethlehem, this promise of Abraham is about to be fulfilled in its totality. Not only do the Jews have the promised Messiah, whether they believe it or not, Jesus also opens the door for the Gentiles, all the rest of humanity, to know and experience the favor of God. The angels sang about what Jesus would do, bring peace on earth, and dispense to people the favor, the blessing, the intimacy, the connection, the relationship with God which he has always wanted from the very beginning when he called out to Adam and Eve in the garden after they had fallen. Where are you? Where are you? He wanted that relationship with his creation. He still does. And we are the Adam and Eve now. We are the ones he wants the relationship with. As a grown man some 30 years later, from this night of his birth, Jesus declared the same message 
when he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace, my shalom I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. The world gives if you deserve it. The world gives if you earn it. The world withholds it when you're not good. The world withholds it when they disagree with you, but not God. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. One of the joys of being a Christ follower is that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to bring that peace into our inner being. When the rest of the world is going crazy, we can take a moment and allow the peace of Christ to fill us. But even we go crazy, do we not? Even we become hectic. Even we have agendas to meet. Even we have expectations to make and receive from other people. Do we take the time to allow the shalom of God to percolate in our lives? Do we stop long enough to listen to God? When we do, we find balance. When we do, we discover harmony and we begin to rejoice in living in what he promised to bring to us, shalom. Let us be still for just a few moments. Enjoying the sound of babies. I love the sound of babies. Please don't need to walk out with a baby. But let us be still for a moment and allow the shalom of God to overtake us and to overwhelm us. Spend a few moments with me in silence, listening and receiving shalom from God Almighty. In the name of Jesus, the Prince of Shalom. Amen.